0: If you'd like to follow along with the scripture reading, open up your Bibles to 2 Peter, it'll be chapter 1. That's 2 Peter, chapter 1, I'll be reading verses 5 through 11. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he is cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For also an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you. Even everybody. Tough act of fall this morning. Jose got up here and talked about how good looking Tim was and then got up and talked about how tall, dark, and handsome he was, and now he got me, so sorry for the letdown. (laughs) Although, on the way over, the wife did say I look pretty good, so I got that going for me. This evening, I was tasked with talking about walking in love. And to me, that's probably one of the most endearing things That I get out of my relationship with God. And I got thinking about it. And you know, one of the stories that really popped in my head, one of my life stories, was the day my firstborn was born. And I went down to the nursery and I walked in there, and it was the first time in my life I ever felt vulnerable. And that scared me. Because there was something right there that I knew I loved more than anything that I had such a responsibility for and it scared me and of course the wife you know first thing she said was hey make sure nobody takes off with him and I said well he's got a different set of hair it's a uh, real thin little on the uh, red side then my second one came along and it was the same exact feeling even though I had experienced once again and of course my wife again says hey make sure nobody runs off with him well, he came out with an Elvis hairdo. And I told her, I said, there's not a baby in there who looks got a head of hair like that. I looked in there, a the nurse was scrubbing on his head. She's like, I can't get it out. <laughs> That's how thick his hair was. But, you know, it's funny. When you think about the impact of that and all the experiences we have, you know, getting married. Another example where you, you meet somebody, you fall in love with them. And that, in the Bible, is defined as philia. It's a Greek word, which is more of a more of a love that develops over time. A tender love, a caring love, a, a personal love. But funny is, as we go through marriage, the longer you stay married, the more that develops into the other part we're going to talk about, and that's agape love. A complete love where you're willing to absolutely sacrifice yourself for that other individual. And it's funny because in the studying one of the things they talked about is how agape love you have to develop it over time you have to learn it. And when I thought about marriage you know that's that's a fine example of that. It truly is. But our text reading this evening was a out of 1st Peter or I'm sorry 2nd Peter chapter 1 and there's a list And the unique thing about this list is it's actually provided in an order. If you look, go to your your Bibles there, read along with me, 5 through 7. It says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Brotherly kindness... Here again, that's the that's the Philadelphia, the Philo Delphos combination words there, basically love of brothers. And then the, the last one was love, and that is the agape love. But the neat thing about this this list is it is structured. In other words, those are things that, according to Peter, we're supposed to build on as we develop as Christians. Some folks will call it. The first part the internal Christian and then the second part the external Christian. But what what's absolutely amazing about it is how you can do all those things first, but where they lead you is to that love. That agape love. You know, one of the the big the big themes this year obviously is to get out and evangelize. And when you take a look at that list and you see love at the end, you start thinking, okay, love, yeah, I get that. But what that love does and we will show when we talk about tonight is how that love helps open the door for us to get out and go and how important it is not only in terms of how we deal with each other how we deal with folks that aren't in the church but also our relationship with God and how agape love affects that both from him to us and us to him but the philo or filio love that's affectionate, brotherly Friendship and agape love is uh, defined as unconditional, selfless love, God's love for us in a selfless way, and its natural extension to our love, our unconditional love, our sacrificing love for other people. Saw an interesting table here where it actually identified some of the differences. The filia versus the agape, you've got filia is natural, whereas agape is learned. Philia is emotional. Agape is volitional. In other words, you make a conscious effort to choose to do that. Philia, discriminatory. Agape, non-discriminatory. In other words, when you have agape love in your heart, it doesn't matter, red, yellow, black, and white, male, female, tall, short, sounds like an Oscar Mayer commercial. But the truth is, you do not have any discrimination in terms of who who you have love for what a great concept what a concept we're terribly missing today in this world but when we think about the love from God what another great concept he loves everybody unconditionally on this earth but there is a difference between his love philia versus the agape another one philia would be pleasure agape preciousness philia delight agape esteem think about those words and the comparisons there liking versus prizing philia is because of agape is in spite of you always hear that phrase we we like people for their for their great assets and we love them for their failings and that's a great way of looking at that that really puts things in perspective and then the last thing they compared, and this is what really caught my eye, was Philia, love, brotherly love, can fail. Agape love never fails. We know that we have agape love from God, it never fails. It's a wonderful thing. I'll give you a couple ideas here. Let's go to John 21 real quick. This is where, before Jesus ascends to heaven, He restores Peter, and this actually uses both philia and agape in in the same context, or in the same verses, and it's a good example of the difference between them. That's John 21, 15 through 17. Verse 15, it says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than the rest? And when Christ used the word love here, he's using agape. In other words, do you love me un- unconditionally, unquestioningly? And Peter said, Yes, Lord, I know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. However, when Peter answered, he used Philio. Notice the distinction there. Philio is, I love you and adore you as a person okay? Filio is where, where you get good feelings from that other person. Filio is love for the object, whether it be a person or a car, okay? Whereas the agape is, is the complete opposite. Agape is where you're willing to do anything. It's it's not for the love of that person. It's because you innately love indiscriminately, love unconditionally. So, he goes on the next question. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Once again, Christ uses the word agape. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Christ says, tend to my sheep. Here again, Peter answers with the phileo. And then the third, he says to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Christ, in this particular term, actually uses filio. And Peter answers him back. He says, He says, uh, excuse me. He says, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he used the filio there and he says, Tend my sheep. And says he said to the third time, Simon, and Peter was grieved because he asked him the third time, Do you love me? And when he said yes, he used the filio again. He said, feed my sheep. thing is here is there's there's an example going on where Christ is actually trying to teach Peter what the real message was, even up to the end, right before the ascension. Peter was using philio as adoring Christ when Christ was trying to get the message to him. Look, it's got to be agape love. I'm sending you all out to carry out my mission which Anthony's been outlining for quite a while now I'm sending you out for that mission that mission you have to go out with agape love because it has to be unconditional it has to be unceasing it has to be indiscriminate it's a great example of that and if you think about that in terms of our relationship with God that agape love that both we receive from him and we're supposed to reflect from him He's not just talking to Peter here. He's talking to all of us. And when we talk about equipping ourselves to go out and spread the word, it is an absolute key pin to making sure we can do that, to equip ourselves. And another, another example in Romans 12, 9, 13, you see the same thing where you have agape compared to philia. And what's interesting is here, Peter or excuse me uh, Paul's actually telling us how to treat and how to deal with each other from a brotherly love standpoint but he talks about the agape in terms of how important that is it's Romans 12 9 through 13 it says let love be without hypocrisy. Here again, love here is agape. Let agape love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. And then in 10 it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, filio, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging and diligent, fervor in spirit serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing the needs of the saints given to hospitality. There's another, another example in, in the same set of verses where we're seeing a difference between the loves. And the reason I keep emphasizing this is when we talk about that list that Peter gave us in Second Peter, those are the last two things, brotherly kindness and, and love, brotherly filial love and agape love. And that is where we're supposed to be headed for. So we have an idea now in terms of just how, how much of a difference there is there. But how they go hand in hand, and we can't forget that. When we talk about agape love, and that's really what I want to really get, get into, is agape love in terms of our relationship with God and his His relationship with us, and then our relationship with not only those that are in the church but also those out of the church and how agape love works to help us both in our terms of our relationship with God and in terms of our relationship with each other. When it comes to God and our relationship with God, you know, we all know the verse, John 3 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have eternal life. Right there is is a complete and universal showing of how God has true agape love for us. When we talk about sacrificial when we talk about indiscriminate, when we talk about never-ending, God, through that act, through that selfless act, established the example for us to go by. In First John, and if you get a chance, you know, I encourage you to pour over First John, especially chapter 4, it's a a great example of how our relationship with God is defined by agape love First 1 John, First John chapter 4 verses 7 through 21 it says beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God right there right from the start if we are born of of God and we know love we know God I mean to me that's that is the quintessential point without that relationship without that agape love with God we cannot we cannot know him and if we can't know him then all the things earlier on that list will not come to come to help us it's that constant progression that constant walk working working towards that goal of ultimate agape love. Continuing on, it says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is agape love. And if you do not know love, you cannot know God. That is how quintessential this whole agape love is to our relationship with God. It says, In this, the love of God was made known to us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Think about that. When we think about the plan, you know, Christ is there with God before anything was created, everything was created through Him. That agape love existed long before we, we did, before the heavens and the earth did. And that plan was already in place. That is absolutely incredible when you think about how how much God loves us in terms of being that agape love and you know I think sometimes one of the things that, as I was studying it really occurred to me I think sometimes we take that for granted we really do you know there's all kinds of lists in the Bible tell us what to do, what not to do how to think it's all it's all generated and it's all based on the idea of agape love from the, from the time before any of this existed, that agape love was there in place. And the whole example we have, the whole, the whole Bible we have in front of us shows the unfolding of that plan. Here again, that plan of agape love, that's what it was based on. When we talk about the truth, what is the truth? Truth is love. God is love and God is the truth. Reading on, verse ten says, "In this is love, not that we loved God, but He loved us and sent us His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, loved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God gave the example by sending His Son. That's how much He loves us. And the thing about that is, and you know, we, Anthony's been touching base on about." When you go and you're talking to people that are non-believers, okay, you know, they'll have questions, okay, why is this this way, or, you know, why, if if God so loves the world, why why do all these bad things happen, okay? When we direct and you talk about God's love, God has already executed his plan from an agape love standpoint. He already sacrificed his son to give us the hope of salvation, and therein, there's, there's a difference there. When, when, God, when we talk about God and agape love, okay, we're talking about God loves mankind from an agape standpoint, but he loves Christians from a filial standpoint because he has affection towards us. And there's a differentiation there, and that's where people need to be able to understand that God loves us. He's done everything he said he would do in order to give us the opportunity and hope for salvation. And when people ask that question, then we need to be able to talk about agape love versus filial love. Reading on, though, it says, God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. So, not only are we talking about God loving us, And us loving God, we're also talking about us loving each other with agape love, and that is one of the biggest things that's missing out of this world today. You know, we see it on TV, we hear it on the radio, we read it on the internet, over and over examples where people have no idea what that sacrifice, that that love, that unconditional love is how it affects everything that goes on in our lives day to day. You know, when you think about the idea of praying for peace on earth, goodwill toward men, that's all great, but you know what? Until you have that that sense of agape love out there, that understanding of it, those things will never come to fruition. Not by man's hand. And the other thing is, when you think about us developing as Christians and learning to walk in love like that. What is the end goal? The end goal is to get to heaven, to spend life, to spend eternity with God. God is trying to develop us here on earth so that when we do have the opportunity to go to heaven, that's what we'll find there is that agape love. You know, how many of us pray we pray for peace. We pray to keep people safe and to get better. But how many of us actually pray that people can come to learn and understand agape love through Christ? So I said I think, I think sometimes we really take it for granted. We read it. We see it. But do we truly understand it? Reading on, it says, <coughs> By this we know we we abide in him and him in us because he has given us his spirit. We're seeing God through love. He loved us that much, he's given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son of the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And that's where that relationship, that agape relationship, is so critical. It can't stop at philio. It can't stop at, oh yeah, I love God. It's got to be in your heart. And it's got to be indiscriminate. It's got to be forever. It's got to be sacrificial. And, you know, when you think about what requires us to get to that level, all the traits that he talks about in the New Testament, things like forgiveness... Comforting each other. Bearing burdens. All those things that are necessary for us to continue growing as Christians. You can't have those things without agape love. No matter how how hard we try, if we don't have that true agape love in our heart, we're going to continue to stumble over the same things over and over. Finishing up in John there says, we have known and believed that, and we have known and believe that God, that love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this. In other words, the true, the true goal of love, okay, the ultimate place where it is, is that we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. That is the whole idea of the perfection of love. This whole march up Peter's list, okay, to get to that agape love. Ultimately, that's what it does, is it gives us, when perfected, a boldness in the day of judgment. If we have learned what agape love is and we practice agape love, then we can feel confident when we stand in front of Jesus to be judged that we have accomplished what God set out for us. Because agape love, here again, opens the door up for everything God wants us to do. And finally. It says there is. <clears throat> there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect into love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says I love God and hates his brother. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how, can't, how can he love God, whom he hasn't seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And that's where it all ties in. That relationship with God, that, that building up to the agape love relationship with God. God's already guaranteed that his love for us is indiscriminate, never-ending, we have to do is work on our hearts to make sure that our love to him is sacrificial and never-ending and indiscriminate. Because the second part of that is, is that we're supposed to love our brothers the same way. And as it said in the text, if we don't love God that way, how are we going to love our brothers that way? And ultimately, if our real charge is to go out and bring souls to God, if we don't love our brothers... sisters whether they be in Christ or not if we don't have that agape love that willingness to sacrifice that willingness to do things that make us uncomfortable that willingness this morning to Anthony's point to suffer when it's not our fault if we're not willing to do that because we don't have that love in there then we won't have confidence when we get to the the judgment seat because we will not have had agape love and we will not have understood what God was or is it's a two-edged sword there. It really is. It doesn't cut just one way. It cuts both ways. Agape love for all. For the brothers. And by the brothers, I'm talking all mankind, not just in the, in the brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. First Corinthians 13 has a great example of that. And the first part of Corinthians there in that in those verses, okay, it really talks about the motivation that Agape love provides. If you go with me, go to uh go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. It says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. And here again, this is all agape love we're reading here. Okay. though I speak with the tongues of men and angels but do not have indiscriminate never ending love I have become sounding brass or a clanging of cymbal it means if, if love if that agape love if you have not reached that point and it has not become your motivation Okay, then all the talents you may possess come to nothing and it says, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Think about everything that's being asked of us when it comes to developing as Christians. Okay? To be humble. To be forgiving. Okay? To help the poor, to visit the widows and the orphans okay all those things that are being asked of us you can go out and do that but if your motivation is not based on agape love then it it comes to naught. and here again you lose that confidence when you go in front of the judgment seat judgment seat of christ it says and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though i give my body to be burned but have not love it profits me nothing and if you notice, here again, that's it's just reinforcing the same message that if agape love is not your is not your motivation to helping people, if agape love is not what's driving you to go out to convert souls, if agape love is not what is the most important aspect of your relationship with God, then anything and everything you do will be for naught. You know, it's, when you think about, for example, we all know people that are not Christians, okay? But we know they, they donate their time, they donate their money. Okay, they can be caring all they want, okay? But they don't have an agape relationship with God, therefore they can't have an agape relationship with the people around them. Not by definition, not by what God's asking us and how he's asking us to do it. That will not past muster when, he's, when they sit in front of Christ on the judgment day. That's what I said I can't emphasize enough just how critical that our minds are completely and utterly understanding how that agape love applies and how important it is that, that we exercise it. Here again, taking those steps, walking, getting bigger and better as a Christian, it's at the pinnacle. It is the pinnacle. reading on and this is where really what happens is he starts to describe how that love works He says love suffers long and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself is not puffed up does not behave rudely does not seek its own is not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth bears all things, believes all things hopes all things, endures all things those are the lists that's what we see in those lists over and over how we're supposed to build the attributes that Christ Christ and God want us to exhibit so that we can be that shining light but more importantly so that that agape love is what's driving it here he doesn't say filial love does all these things it's agape love here again, that sacrificial, indiscriminate, never failing love. And you know, that's really when I was doing the studying, that's when it really really hit home for me in terms of when you look around a lot of the problems we have today, as far as Christianity goes, and as far as broken homes, things like that. You know, I remember... My dad, when I was in college, you know, a lot of my, my belief system was no matter what I did, I, I did not want to disappoint my father. And I did some things that I knew disappointed him and it actually caused a little bit of a schism there where you know I didn't talk to him for probably six, eight months. Now, when everything was all right after that, I didn't talk to him for three months, and what he said was, I know you're all right because the state police didn't show up. But he actually, we're driving down, I was going down to OU, I was just going down there for the first time. And I finally opened up to him and, and told him how I felt about that. And you know what my father told me? He said, you know what, son, no matter what you ever do, I will always love you. And, you know, it's that that agape love, the expression of it. If you have agape love in your heart, people will see it. People will know it. But more importantly, the decisions you make and how you carry yourself and how you interact with not only non-Christians and Christian brothers and sisters alike, but how you interact with your husbands and your wives and your children. Divorce rate, over 50%. You know why we have a problem in the church? Because it's it's easy to walk away from commitments like that. Where if they were being kept, that agape love would develop. Like I said earlier, marriage you start out with the filio, the affectionate love, okay, and over time you grow to learn each other, or you grow to love each other from an agape standpoint, where you're willing to sacrifice yourself for that other individual. But you know what? People don't do that anymore. Because they're not willing to make that sacrifice, because they don't truly understand what agape love is, and that's sad. Agape love, okay. When we talk about dealing with children, you know, it's easy as a parent sometimes to uh, you know throw on, a, throw the evil eye out there and say an angry thing or two. But I don't think what we truly realize is that there's an old phrase guy I learned manufacturing from. He always told me, he said, you know what? You can take 30 seconds to tear somebody down, a relationship down, that can take a year to build back up. 30 seconds, and you can destroy a relationship like that. And you know what, when you have that agape love, when you have those characteristics of agape love, okay, you're being kind, you're being considerate, you're being patient, you're suffering. You'll suffer those, those iniquities, okay? But you also have to be able to forgive. And you know what? Agape love, if you have that in your heart, then forgiving's easy. Because you know what? You're putting the other person in front of you. And if you have agape love in your heart, you're willing to bear those burdens that other people have. You're willing to lift them up. We're instructed to share the burdens with the brethren, okay? But it's not just the brethren in Christ. It's all men. All women. That agape love. It gives you patience. To where one of my examples I love to give is, you know, sometimes, no matter how right you are, it's not going to help. And yet people, how many, how many arguments come out of two people arguing over who's right and who's wrong? I have a, I have a friend whose family's going through some tough stuff right now. And the worst part about it is, he knows it doesn't matter who's right or wrong anymore because the damage has been done to his family. And the question becomes, okay, does everybody love each other? Well, yeah. See, that's where we take that for granted. Hey, I'm married to you. I I must love you, I'm married to you. Or hey, you know, you're my kid, I must love you. Okay, but if we truly don't understand that concept of agape love, and how to apply that. Then we will make those same mistakes over and over and over again. You know how many kids, just on, on a, a simple word, can absolutely love, lose confidence in their parents' love? And what ramifications that has down the road when they're brought up like that, and then the next generation comes on, you know, they talk about poverty being an endless cycle. I would argue that, that lovelessness is a, is a vicious cycle. That's why I can't overemphasize how important it is that when we talk about love, we don't take it for granted and we recognize that the love that is truly needed for us, not only to be good Christians, but to be good parents, to be good friends, to be good husbands and wives is that never ending indiscriminate sacrificial love that God has shown us has guaranteed our salvation through it over and over again reinforces it in the word and yet both inside and outside the church we turn our heads to it that's why I said earlier you know when you pray maybe, you need to, maybe we all need to pray a little bit more about that agape love about what the ramifications it has in terms of our relationships and more importantly what, it, what ramifications it has with our relationship with God here again if you don't know love you don't know God and if you don't know God you're not going to heaven and by definition in this Bible the love that God's looking for is agape love couple last thoughts and these are from Christ these are Christ's words Matthew 5 talks about going the second mile but I tell you do not resist an evil person but whoever slaps you on your right cheek turn the other to him also love your enemies I say to you love your enemies bless those that curse you do good to those that hate you and pray for those who specifically use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven Christ. Can you imagine hearing that after they'd been taught over and over, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Christ absolutely turned it all upside down. Because up to that point, there had not been an agape love between God and Israel. God had agape love for them. They did not have agape love for him. And then finally, in John 15, it talks about Love and joy perfected. Go with me, John 15. Verses 9 <clears throat> says, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. And and listen to what this says. That my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. And right there, people, that is the crux. That is the reward. That is the ultimate result of agape love. When you talk about somebody hurting you, and you forgive them, okay? You can be bitter about it. Or you can find that joy that he's talking about. When you're talking about somebody that needs help, that they... There are people in this life, and I've experienced it, and I know people, and I call them burden bearers. And we all know somebody like that that just takes on the weight of everybody's problems on their shoulder. And you know what? After a while people can get wore down from that. But you know who the strong people are that survive that, that actually pick people up and carry those burdens and have joy in their heart? That's why, because they have joy in their heart. That agape love opens the door up to us being able to fully enjoy and appreciate what they talk about when they talk about peace and joy. Because what that does is it takes the judgment away from an act, it takes a judgment away or a pain away from somebody's suffering. There's so much strength in that. I just wish so bad that that God could throw the switch and everybody truly have agape love in their heart because it would be such a different place. It'd be such a different place. But when you think about that possibility, that through agape love, through true agape love, you can find that joy here on, on earth. And that's really what God's plan was. He's got a plan of salvation for us, but he's also left us ways to where we can maintain and grow as Christians here in the flesh through agape love. And finally, read look down a little bit further in there. He says verse 17 he says these things I command you that you love one another love one another that agape love of one another and by that both Christians and non-Christians is what we should be using to propel ourselves out to spread the word not a feeling of, of personal satisfaction and that comes with it that's all part of that joy the true motivating factor has to be that agape love. And if you can take that and build that in your heart, the heavens are the limit, literally. If you're here this evening and you have a hard time taking that, that final step of being able to free yourself through agape love, then come forward this, this evening we'll talk about it. If you're not part of the plan you're missing out on that opportunity to truly understand what unconditional love is that God shows shows us. If you're here this evening and you feel the need to come forward, please do so as we sing a song of invitation. Thank you.